College football fans, welcome back to the College Ball Show. He's Marshall. I'm Chris. And we're here to talk some college football. Now, obviously, we're coming off just another example of why there's no debate to be had here. We love to banter back and forth shit. We were just doing it before we got on here. But there's, there's just no argument to be had that shows that college football regular season is the best season of them all. And here we are, seven unranked squads, not just ranked versus ranked teams getting beat, beating other ranked teams, right? Auburn lost to Texas A&M. We know that, right? Because that was the only ranked versus ranked for the whole, um, you know, on the schedule. But this is what makes this year special. This is what we talk about when it's the best regular season. I mean, seven unranked squads get the job done. And there was some almost, like we've mentioned before, Alabama almost lost to LSU. The, the rushing numbers in that Bama game just blow you away. Tulsa and Cincinnati was really competitive. Um, you know, there, there were some other games in there that they just kind of stuck by or just got the job done. Um, but, yeah, man, it was a really fun, fun week. Um, and we did get now two official rankings so we'll kind of blend both weeks, talking about it midway. So we'll recap, then we'll talk about the official college football rankings playoff stuff because there's plenty to talk about. Obviously, Cincinnati. Um, obviously, you know, a lot of people talking about not just Cincinnati, but Big Ten favoritism. What the hell was Mississippi State and Minnesota doing in there? Um, now they got booted out <laughs> from losses. But, yeah, there, there is definitely a debate or two to be had, which we will – and then this week, I mean, even a game like number six, Michigan at Penn State could be ranked versus ranked. It's not, but there's no, you know, there's nothing stopping it from being it really as far as just watching number eight against number 13, Baylor, who just lost. Now Oklahoma needs to uh, finish strong. Uh, number 19, Purdue, who just knocked off their second top three opponent is visiting Ohio State, and that spread is 20 points. Texas A&M and Ole Miss, another ranked versus ranked. NC State, Wake Forest, another ranked versus ranked. Arkansas, LSU, not ranked versus ranked, but you never know what's going to happen in that one. So this is definitely a very interesting week upon us. Um, if this, So we're going to get all into it, you know, previewing and predicting a variety of what's going to go on in week 11. Of course, we'll go back and forth with the uh, betting lines banter, talking about against the spread, the upset of the week, the games flying under the radar and all that good stuff. But if this is your first time listening to the College Ball Show, welcome. It streams live right here on blogtalkradio.com forward slash rope it up radio. You don't have to go to blog talk and rope it up, though, if you don't want to and download the show directly there or listen to the browser. You can find the platform for this College Ball Show rope dope Radio on Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, Player FM, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spricker, almost across the board. We're also part of the Grueling Shoe Sports Podcast Network. While you're at it, why don't you head on over to thegruelingshoe.com. And one more thing. If you're thinking about cutting the cord or you have, you're not quite happy, I got something for you. It's called Direct TV Stream. The prices start as low as $69.99 a month. It's the best of live TV and on demand. No annual contract, no hidden fees. If you 
upgrade to the choice or ultimate packages that gives you three free months of HBO Max. Plus, you get to enjoy regional sports networks with no additional fees, which, as we know, has been a problem lately. And if you go all the way to the Premier Package, you get HBO Max in Showtime included. That's direct TV stream. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and bring in my co-host, Marshall. See how he's doing on this fine Wednesday afternoon. We got a lot to talk about, whether it's off the field or on the field. What's going on, man? Life is pretty good. Uh, I got a basketball tournament uh, for the rest of this week, so there's no more teaching. It's just coaching basketball and chilling in sweats. So life is okay from the work perspective. I was happy to get out of work today and now just focus on basketball and no teaching for the next five days. And I do the same thing again next weekend too. So uh, coaching life can be crazy, but it can also be kind of fun and rewarding when you don't have to teach as much. <laughs> so with that being said, my opening rant is a very positive one, okay? We, we do this podcast because we love talking sports. We also enjoy trying to make people money and making our own money. I said last week, the five-star golden lock, much like I did say about Kentucky a couple weeks ago against LSU, was bet Purdue, bet Purdue, bet Purdue. And I, I followed my own word. I, I wasn't a wimp. And I made an, a nice chunk of cash, paid off some bills. And honestly, Chris, it really wasn't even a game. I mean, it, it, it was close, but never in that game did you feel that Michigan State was going to blow them out. Um, Purdue came out early and made the stud running back for Michigan State fumble. I believe that was his first ever fumble in like 380 carries. And then went down and scored. Uh, David Bell had himself a nice game. And my main point for wanting to bet for Purdue with the three and a half points I got with them was Michigan State's quarterback just wasn't that good. You have a stud wide receiver. You have a stud running back, but your quarterback is average and a defense that was having its highs and lows. So hopefully uh, some people did listen to our podcast and hopefully people did go to the window and hopefully people did bet Purdue because that was a really nice ticket. I was, I guess I was a little bit of a, a chicken and I took them uh, with three and a half instead of money line, but Hey, we, we've, we've had our crappy, crappy pick of the weeks, but I've been given out kind of for the last five weeks on the show, uh, kind of like my one favorite pick, just off looking off point spreads, which we normally see come out right at the start of our show, whether we're doing a show on Monday and Tuesday this week, we're a little bit later on a Wednesday, but, and I'll have one, I'm sure this week, but something just catches my eye. And I've had a couple of those go for me this year and it's kind of fun to see, but I hope you bet Purdue. I hope our podcast brought you some joy and brought you a little bit of uh, dinero to spend on whatever it is in your life you'd like spending money on. Well, not whatever, but yeah, pretty much anything. That, now, that um, is legal, legal in the 50 states. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't even know about that. But uh, well, anyway, yeah, you're right yeah. about that. The feeling <laughs> of the game, the feeling of the game, you know, I looked at it. I just went back and kind of traced the score again. Um even when there was a fumble, then I was thinking it was like 30 or 40 yard drive or whatever. The fumble at the beginning, not the, the beginning of the game, but the beginning of the uh, third quarter and Michigan State cashed in, tied it up 21-21. And I did feel at that time, OK, this might happen. They may overtake them now. We'll see. They kind of needed that. Um, but that was not the case. They just 
ran over him after that, and, and it wasn't running actually over him. They only got 58 yards. They they carried it 31 times, though, so they did kind of keep that there. Their longest run, Purdue, was 11 yards. But you know what? When you're 40 of 54 for three touchdowns and 536 yards, I don't think you got to worry about running it too much. This O'Connell slowly but surely has gotten better and better, and he's a, a, a quarterback that's definitely going to be um, you know, in the picture here, and Purdue in general. I mean, they've had their ups and downs, but I'm glad that they got ranked because, especially where they were, because when you beat the number two AP team, Iowa, and then you beat the number three team in the official, um, and they're still up high, that, you know, you got to do something about that. There are some other losses on there, sure, but um, I do like how they got that you know, got that in there. Um, now the Bama LSU game, I got to say, we were talking about, you know, there was a big stink from some folks saying, you know, why, why did they pick the other game rather than the CBS game? You know, this should be the CBS CBS passed on it. And, you know, on the surface, it seemed like that made a lot of sense, but this is college football and this is the regular season. Now, even though young did throw the ball pretty damn well, for Alabama, I mean, you don't see this ever with them. I mean, the Robinson Jr. had 13 carries for 18 yards. And obviously, when you lose yards, that goes right to rushing yards. You can see Young has nine carries for 22, negative 22. But he has a 15-yard run in there. But, dude, 26 carries, first of all, just that alone is low for them. Six yards in rushing. Point. Not even one per carry, dude, 0. 0.2, 0.2 in a tutty. I mean, this is that, that blows me away. I, I can't remember the last time that I saw that statistical thing. I mean, we've seen them get beat. We've seen them, you know, they had two big linebackers and a, a mobile quarterback could stretch them out and then they tweak that. And, you know, they've had their ups and downs. They're a dominant, you know, force, obviously. But I got to say, like, I can't believe they were able to hold them to, to that yardage on the ground. Six freaking rushing yards. And, you know, they had nine penalties, which you don't normally see out of Alabama, too. That one was one of the biggest shockers. Even though it wasn't a loss, that was the biggest shocker of the week for me. Yeah, I just I, I didn't really pay much attention to the game. And I was kind of bouncing around Saturday night and I happened to look up at a TV at the restaurant I was at and I was like I I, I really froze because at that time LSU had the ball around midfield and they were down six points and like with five right. minutes to go, I'm like, are they gonna win this damn game? Like, holy shit. <laughs> Cause they were a twenty eight and a half point underdog. And this is a LSU defense who, for the most part this year, has been a complete sieve, like not even close. Um, yes, you can say LSU picked it up to beat Florida, but Florida also had like 450 yards that game of offense and outgained LSU's offense. So what has happened with Bama where you could not move the ball on, an, on a defense who literally for the whole year has been absolute trash? This is the same LSU defense who at the start of the year when I did give out a pick, which was a wrong one, 
you watched UCLA literally make LSU's defense look like they were in a different, like they were a non-power five. So I, I know there's something to be said for playing a, in a rivalry game. These are schools that obviously have a bad blood. It's a rivalry. Um, Cotro maybe isn't maybe the kindest person in the world, but for the most part, when it's been a rivalry game there at LSU, his, his guys go up and play for him. And, you know, he, he's obviously going to be fired and the administration's maybe not too keen of him now. Cal, things have gone off the field, but for on the Just field, don't on talk a to him day, at a gas station. You'll be good. You know? Yeah. Um, he clearly had his guys ready to play and it was kind of, it was a cliche answer, Chris, but I guess a reporter asked him earlier last week of like, coach, you're a, a 28 and a half point underdog. What, what are your thoughts on that? And he, he simply said, he, he's like, I, I really got nothing to say, but this is a game of college football. The, these kids compete. We, we, you know, we beat Bama last year. Like, you know, this is something where we're going to be ready to go. Like just get, get us on the field and give us a fair chance. And they had more than a fair chance. So, yes, Bama won, which obviously they needed. If they had lost that game, they could have kissed everything goodbye this year. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I was very surprised. And if you're Bama now, you beat a team you were favored by four touchdowns by, by six. And, again, still mind you, you lost to an AM team who at the time that Kelzakis, the AM quarterback, had been complete trash before he beat you. That was kind of a coming out party for the guy. But again, every but team. But to has be fair, that, that's you know, when you look at that, now they're a pretty high ranked team, you know. So they they were. They were, but up until that Bama Florida, game, you'd not see. They seen struggle with any Florida. Of... Look at Florida now. I would that's a better example in my mind. You, but I guess that quarterback hadn't done much until that Bama game. Um Sure. But it just makes you wonder, you know, like what what's quite going on with Bama? You know, they're and again, you can't expect a team to be on top forever, just as Clemson has really fallen off a cliff. Now Bama's not fallen off that big of a cliff yet. They're still hell, they're still two in the country. Um, but this is not your typical Saban team, and those the rush yards are staggering. Um but maybe Chris, just for once, this is not your typical Alabama massively owns the line of scrimmage type team. Again, I know that they didn't move the ball against AM, but for the at least for the span I watched of that game, I saw a Alabama offensive line struggle to pass block, which you almost never see. Like in that and I remember telling you like I remember telling you on our podcast, I was like, well God, I, when I watched that second third quarter, I was amazed at how AM controlled the line of scrimmage. And sure they 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 came back in the fourth and whatnot, but it's it's such a rare thing to see an Alabama line get shoved around because if mind you to wrap this whole thing up um Mac Jones is not fleet of foot at all but that guy would chill in a pocket and could tie his shoelaces and throw a pass like this is the first offensive line from Bama where they're maybe not a massively dominant team and they have lost a ton of talent for the past handful of years to the draft so maybe we're seeing a little kink in the armor and they're not going to be a guaranteed um uh walk in the park to the championship i mean hell you still got to get to the sec title game so it's just interesting to see oh hell they still have auburn so yes it's um i think we're probably just surprised because it's bama and we've been so used to hyping them up for the past 10 12 years and hey for once they're a little more um non-immortal i guess you could say chris 
Yeah, they've had a couple of years in there that, you know, they <laughs> lost two or whatever, or I think that one year they were 10 and three or something like that. Oh, yeah, on that yeah you're right. But other than that, and it hasn't happened in a while. <laughs> so, yeah, man. And, and when it has happened, it's been like the, the, the kick six and stuff like that. Like just crazy stuff like that. Uh, that didn't old miss catch a ball and it bounced on. Yeah. Like a deep ball and it bounced yeah. on someone like ball that. Walls, of, yeah. You know? Yep. Yeah. So it, when it's happened, it's like, all right. I mean, it happened, but damn, that's heartbreaking. It hasn't been like where you see them only put up 16 rushing yards and stuff like that. That is a good, good difference there. Um, the other rank versus rank A&M Auburn was like a field goal, uh, you know, type of thing. It was three, three at half. Uh, the second half was rough though for Auburn. If you look at their offensive possessions, they came out, had a nice drive, missed a field goal. Um, A&M came back, kicked a field goal, moved up. Then they had a three and out punt. Then uh, A&M kicked a field goal. Now they're up nine to three. They fumbled in a scoop and score. Then they come back punts. Then they come back, turn it over on downs after their, their offense, uh, or their defense gave him a fumble. Now it was after a long run, if I recall, and then an interception to close the game. So they had a rough, rough second half. Bo Nix finally kind of fell on his face, and uh, AM just you know keeps it moving. You know, ever since that 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 win um, over Bama, you know it's they they've really bounced back after looking like crap against Colorado. And, and you know, losing to some teams they shouldn't. Um, they're back and they're they're looking pretty good. Um, but that, you know, that second half was just a grinded out, almost like a Big Ten game. And um, you know, they just just couldn't get over the hump. So A and M stays alive, technically, even with that. You know, that that I suppose are they? Hold on, who else did they lose to? That's right, Mississippi State they had lost to before that. So they lost to Arkansas and Mississippi State back-to-back. And since then, um, you know, they're looking pretty good. Now they got a big game coming up that we're going to talk about here in just a little bit. But um, we knew that was going to be a grinded-out game. I think we both picked A&M to to get the job done. Um, Another big game, Wake Forest, you know (laughs) – it's crazy. North Carolina, I think this is the first game that North Carolina gave up 55 points and still won the game. They ended up winning 58-55. That was a freaking wild-ass game. TCU snuck up and bit Baylor, who had built all the way up to 12th. Now Baylor, you know, has to bounce back the week of. There was a variety of these games. Mississippi State didn't look good. Arkansas beat them. Kentucky, you know, had, had stumbled but then ended up winning. Now the Tennessee started getting their stuff going. That's 45-42. I mean, 31-28. A lot of close games here across this whole uh, spectrum. And Fresno State got their butt kicked by Boise State. I did not see that coming. This was a fun-ass week, man. I think just to go over a couple of those, um, it was a slugfest of Auburn and A&M, but that's because both those defensive lines are really good. And – that's why Auburn might have a chance because it comes in the battle of trenches. They're a better team than Bama. I know the rankings don't show it, but defensively they are. And that's why AM also beat Bama because the line of scrimmage was a, a battle they won. 
Um, well, and they got Bo Nix, I'm, too. I'm, or Bo Ryan. And, and, I'm, <laughs> and I'm happy in M1 because I actually hit that one, too. So, it, Chris, it was a beautiful Saturday. It truly was to see <laughs> Purdue bang the drum. And then uh, A&M take care of business. I was I was a very happy man because in um, my Survivor League on Sunday, holy shit! Uh, we just quickly we had 50 we had 49 people left in our NFL Survivor Week last Sunday, and we got down to six. <laughs> um, apparently, no one thought that the Cowboys would lose to the Broncos and the Jaguars would beat the Bills, but all that happened. So you went from 49 people trying to win eight grand to six people, and you know that's the freaking life of the NFL. But anyways. Um, Speaking of other kind of shocking things, you could say it, it was a bit of a shock for TCU to be Baylor. But if you look at that from a couple of angles, um, a good buddy of mine who is a Baylor fan says TCU always plays them tough. That's one of those rivalry games where, you know, as a college football fan, every year a schedule comes out, you're thinking, OK, this team is going to be a pain in the butt. And TCU is at to Baylor. And also there had to be some just extra little rah-rah energy yeah. for TCU. Because Gary Patterson was kind of um, sent packing. Well, actually, they, they asked him to finish the year. He said, no, I'm going to leave. Um, I guess they're, I guess the year had kind of fallen apart a little bit. Um, his defense has degressed over the last handful of years. They've not found a good quarterback. I guess the coaches were kind of getting after it with each other a couple of games for the last couple of weeks. So it's been a little bit of a rough year. But in general you would imagine most of those players have been playing that ass off for their guy. And, you know, they were happy to finish on a good note. So you kind of saw that, Hey coach left, let's go win this damn game kind of angle occur. And it did. So a uh, nice win for TCU. I suppose that still keeps them very eligible for a bull. Um, and Hey, Arkansas, a team we had hyped up um, a lot during this year. And then went through probably, I would say, the toughest gauntlet of a schedule in the whole country, period. Um, hey, they have not quit yet. That is still a hell of a good team who's six and three and two and three in conference. I the, their their two and three conference record is probably as misguided as one can have for a team. They knocked off Mississippi State, who we both kind of wondered why they were ranked quite as high as they were. So hey, credit to Arkansas. You went through a damn gauntlet for five weeks and you come back and win a game off a late missed field goal. And the other SEC game we predicted, um, or they still got to play was, Bama too. <laughs> Jesus. They got to play Arkansas. At LSU at night and then Bama too. <laughs> that it's, that's not even fair that, that they're, they're doing better than the record shows, but I would assume the fans, players and coaches know that. Um, hey, Tennessee, Kentucky, we predicted it would be a close one. Vegas made it a one-point spread. And Tennessee had their weird game against Ole Miss. They played a powder puff. I think they had a bye, and they came back to win that game. Or I should say they came, walked into Tennessee and won 45-42. to 42. Um, That was pretty much a close game throughout the entire evening. So you're right, Chris. It really was just a great weekend of college football. Um. Those I think we kind of hit on the main games. Uh, I will say as we scroll down, Pitt, <laughs> uh, a school who throughout all of our years of doing this podcast is normally a school that throughout on a given year would upset like a Miami or a Clemson or, or do they, Pitt, Pitt would always do something crazy and finish each year with like six or seven wins and be like pretty much 500. This year, Pitt actually has a legit chance to win the ACC. 
So if you're a Pitt football fan, I can only imagine the happiness you're feeling after having a bunch of 500 years and, you know, having the occasional upsets. Shit, now you're kind of in the driver's seat where you actually could win an ACC title, which for, hey, like, I'm not a Pitt fan, but shit, that'd be cool. It's someone different than Clemson, so why not? Um, yeah, it was, a, it was a very fun weekend, sir, of college football. And what I like also is that as we get down the last couple of weeks here, we the matchups are going to continue, and a lot of teams in the top 25 have to keep playing each other, which will make the um, finishing touches on this playoff get even spicier, which we'll get to. But, yeah, it was a great week of football, and you're right, this one coming up, on paper looks even better just off the matchup um, um, spreads and uh, rankings. We talked about how the Gophers, even though they're my squad, I, I was tickled pink. I could, I was like, yes, we got a ranking. Like I was so happy. I, I know we didn't deserve it, but I was really happy. Illinois basically did what they did to Penn State and just shut them down, ran them all over the field. Minnesota couldn't finish drives. Um, offense stuttered. They lost their best wide receiver, uh, who's just been in and out. We've really needed him. Uh, Autumn Bell, he's been in and out. You know, he shook himself up on the in the second half and wasn't able to – or in the first half, wasn't able to finish the game. Sounds like he's going to try to give it a go this week, though, uh, at Iowa. So we'll see how that goes. You know, Utah – is now ranked after just walloping Stanford 52 to seven. That's one that I uh, kind of, I wondered how that was going to go. If Stanford could kind of sneak up and do a little bit better than people expected. Um, that was not the case. I'm sure Oregon wanted that, you know, not to happen either because of, you know, they, they need that to look a little better. Like I mentioned, Boise state was a pretty big shocker. Uh, my Miami squad on the other side, did another tight ass game. It's been four in a row or five in a row um, where it's just one score games. Miami did get it done though. 33 to 30 over Georgia tech. Uh, they had some self-imposed issues that made that game harder. But the, once again, the young, um, the young gunner for quarterback, man, he's really looking the part, no doubt about it. Um, let's see. There was another, game I was going to talk about. Well, the one that we're finally off the schneid uh, and now six and four on the season in the crafty, crappy pick of the week, Old Dominion, back-to-back wins for Old Dominion. They got the job done 47 to 24 over Florida, Florida International. And after, you know, I mean, now they've won back-to-back games, dude. They're, they're on a roll now. They're on a roll, but finally the road team in the crafty crappy pick of the week won. It was the first road team all year. So six and four, that's still in the, you know, in the money. Um, let's see what we do this week, but that was also very nice as well. Any other items you want to touch upon before we get into some uh, playoff rankings uh, debate, sir? I would gladly just say, uh, Texas scored seven points. Iowa State scored 30. That is my beautiful, very nice and sweet recap. <laughs> Dude, and the coach, I don't know if you've seen the video, but the coach, when they're on the bus after the game, he's just lighting into them. I guess some of the fellows were kind of, you know, laughing and stuff, a little loosey-goosey after an ass whooping. Coach didn't like it. He's like, hey, 
If you don't want to be on this team, go. Some of you guys need to go in that transfer portal then. If this is a joke to you guys, go in the transfer portal when we get home. You know, like this dude was screaming at him. Yeah, it was awesome, dude. It was. It's nice to hear that from a coach. Um, I don't know, you know, if the alumni likes that (laughs) go in the portal, you know, but um, yeah, dude, there's this video that someone has. Well, it's kind of audio actually because you can't see the coach, but you can see they're on a bus. You can see they're just taking off, and he's just laying into them. Uh, yeah, four. What is it? Four losses in a row now, Texas. I yeah, I, I think so. Yeah, three or four. And then you got mm-hmm. Florida getting their ass whooped, acting like this is like clownies there, and Spurrier's coaching or something for South Carolina. The Gamecocks just completely destroyed Florida, and all of a sudden, you think you got a coach to turn the corner, and now that you know, now they're going to be turning the corner looking for a new coach, maybe. I mean, that freaking, you know, you could see the last two years it was building. Last year, it was like, okay. And then even early in this year when they almost beat Bama, it was like, dude, he's got something going there, you know. Got to give him his credit. I'm not a big fan of him, but I got to give him his credit. I thought last year he was kind of making up excuses and all that. But, man, sure. oh, mighty. Now, all of a sudden, Florida might be looking for a new coach. Oh, boy. Yeah, uh I mean, South Carolina is not a good football team. They're just, they're not. Uh, and to get beat 40 to 17, I just, I, I got nothing. I, I don't, that blows my mind. But again, I care less about a Gators fan. So I, I enjoy seeing some of those top premier echelon programs just have rough years just because a lot of those coaches are, are a bunch of pricks, or at least I'm not fans of a lot of the top notch coaches in college football. I'm sure a lot of people say that about my guy, Lane Kiffin. So I know that that goes both ways. But yes, that was yeah, a very I mean, that kind of gets you there too. To be fair, you know what I mean. Like you're yeah, you're probably yeah, not the just, nicest. You're right. You gotta let it. You know what I mean. You gotta have that oomph, mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. to speak. Um, so talking about this here college football rankings last week. Um, oops, I went on the wrong thing. Last week, where the hell is the actual? Why am I? ESPN sometimes just messes this up. Okay, hold on. There we just go. The, ra- oh. the rankings tab in general. Is that yeah, playoff yeah, exactly. stupid. That's why I kept yeah. knocking to me to all of them. Like, I don't want all of them. I just want this. Okay, so um, obviously there's only, you know, this is only the second week. A lot of people had issues saying Cincinnati's going to get screwed again. And, you know, we can't talk about did they actually get screwed and not being in the top four, or did they get screwed where they should be higher ranked last year? I do think that they should have been higher ranked. I'm not 100% saying that I think they got screwed um, for the top four, I'm saying. Uh, but they should have. In, in some of those games, they were getting pushed down, you know, uh, when they probably shouldn't. This week, it's kind of funny because they didn't play all that good, but then they bumped up. Um, a lot of that had to do with losing, though, at Michigan State. Definitely. So, um, why don't you just kick off some of the items that you want to talk about? One of them is Michigan being over Michigan State now, uh, which is kind of a little head scratching, especially if it ended this way, which I don't think it will, because we have an example of Oregon, Ohio State right above it. Cincinnati, like I said, mentioned, I mentioned they're still undefeated. 
got by Tulsa 2820. They ended up moving up a notch. Um, Oklahoma sitting at eight at nine and zero is something that when we talk about the biasness, like having a certain amount of uh, Big Ten teams in the top 25 or the SEC having Mississippi State in there when they have two ranked teams or I'm sorry, two unranked teams that they lost to. I thought that was like, what are you guys doing here? compared to a Wisconsin or Iowa, to be honest with you. But we can say the flip side of the conspiracy, though, when it comes to the Power Five conferences in general, and Oklahoma's a name brand, as we know, it's pretty crazy that they're low, not crazy in how it should be, but crazy as far as when we talk politics and name brand. I got to say, I'm still kind of surprised that undefeated Oklahoma is that eight, though. You know what I mean? I mean, I'm not arguing that they should be higher, but if we go off of some of the obvious things that it seems like this thing skewed to, that kind of surprises me as well. And I think your intro into that, and along with just some uh, other shows I listen to, the biggest issue is is it seems that the committee always gives people different answers. And the things you're looking for to qualify as making it to the final four are the moving goalposts. And we've heard um, people use that example against like the non-power fives, like at Cincinnati last year. And to some extent, it's true. There, it does seem to be each year there's a common theme of, well, it's a strength of schedule. It's head to head. It's. How strong is your conference? And, and I think they do, rightfully so. People call bullshit on them. They do have a different spin of answers. And if there was a set solid, hey, this is what we're looking for, cool. Or just come out and be honest and say, hey, it's a subjective pull. Like, just give an honest answer. But I think the committee always does, Chris, try to spin it in a different way. And those answers can get spun around differently on them within a following uh, a week or two later. And then you really kind of have to wonder, like, well, what is what are we trying to accomplish here? And I I can't blame schools for being pissed about, you know, their outcome of their season being affected by the lateral moving goalpost. Um, I do think this year, as you as you said, um, how much do we value head to head matchups? Because. The, right now you're looking at um, Ohio State, Oregon, and you're looking to Michigan State, Michigan. Now, obviously, the Michigan State, Michigan, Ohio State, they all have a long ways to go because all three of them are have are they're going to they're going to make a mess of themselves. So someone's going to lose out of those teams. But as of now, it is showing. I you like that, okay, how you Oregon's put that by the way, <laughs> they're going to make a mess of themselves. <laughs> that was good. Sorry, um, I didn't mean to. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. Uh, um, Oregon is ahead of Ohio state now, but let's just say these teams continue to win out. You're going to get the love of your conference, which I would, if I would venture to bet would bump Ohio state up over Oregon, which as ducks fan, I would be pissed if that were to happen because let's say, or let's say Oregon wins the pac 12 and Ohio state wins the big 10. Okay. And one of those teams has to be in and out. Well, if Ohio State gets in over the value of their conference, okay, fair is fair. 
But well, hold on, you really said one of those almost... teams have to be out. Hold on, sorry, not to interrupt you, but you said one of those teams have to be out wide. They're third and four right now. Well, let's just let's just say for this hypothetical, let's just just to play. Let hear me out, okay? So let's say it does come down to Oregon, Ohio State. One of them has to make the final spot, and let's say or oh, let's say Ohio State gets in, or Oregon gets bumped out. Um, it really would go a long way to even having less of a chance of why the hell are you going to want to schedule any top not if you are a big school, why ever schedule any non-conference matchups that are fun to watch for college football fans. Cause I, I think this scenario could happen, but, and I, and I would see it happening to where you probably would give a school like Ohio state the nod due to the conference, but it, I, I due to it the quality but, of wins too, not yeah, just the conference. Yeah. Cause obviously but I, I they think, would have more quality wins, right? I mean, that'd be fair sure. to say. It, yeah, you're Doesn't right. Mean it it's just, right just, but. Yeah. It would just really disvalue the, and again, we, we've had years where we've done this podcast where um, the non-conferences for some schools like Bama, well, all right, we got, uh, we're going to play Troy and like Northeast Missouri, Mississippi State, you know, a lot of these big schools do take powder puffs. And I don't, you know, and especially with, with this playoff going to get bigger over the next couple of years, I feel that this. Um, the non-conference could get even less more fun. So I hope that doesn't happen. But again, it'll be really interesting to see if, if this does occur again, who's moving up where. So how do they value head to head? So should Bama, to, let's get into some right now though, the hypothetical right, sure. school, but should Bama move down? Cause they barely struggled. Should Oklahoma, well, what I was saying too, what about Oklahoma? Why have they ranked higher? Should they be there? They're undefeated or just they, well, because they haven't looked uh, good doing it. I think and that's interesting, too, but I think the other issue is the fact that besides Georgia, no one else really has a great resume this year. Um, Bama looked like trash against LSU. Oregon, they've not been the most exotic-looking team either, okay? They've had beyond some week, losses. Beyond week one and two, they, they, they've not looked great. You're correct. No. They've, they've won four games, I think, by touchdown each. And those are games where they're expected to blow people out because the Pac-12 is not a deep conference. Um, Michigan State, Michigan, okay, they both have recent losses. So you kind of get why they're there where they're at. Uh, but, yeah, I guess in fairness, so the committee is holding a um, a very mediocre schedule with Oklahoma. So, yes, one way to answer that, Chris, is the fact that no one's resume is that great besides Georgia. So no one, no one is really causing a stir in the top 10 because none of them have a really great, impressive thing. So if we are debating who should be where, um, it's, it's, I guess it, it could come down to who are you a fan of? Like the Alabama, okay, you lost, you had a, a bad loss to A&M, you had a very unimpressive win. It's not against, a bad loss, uh, though. You were you were nineteen point favorite. That's a bad loss. I hear you, but they're sitting at eleven right now, Marshall. Well, at the time though, AM was unranked and they were playing like trash. Sure. So, but I'm saying it, right now that's what you have. Well, that's what they it, look at though right now. You you're know? right. Okay. They don't look at it as like an unranked team because they're looking at their rankings. They got them eleventh. Fair. So but so Alabama's resume is okay. Oregon's resume, they've have about they've had, I think, four wins within a touchdown. Ohio State, uh, they've been beating up people, but they've been playing a pretty good amount of lackluster teams. Cincinnati, they're doing all they can, but they, even they've had their last two wins have been 
uh, not near covering the spread. And we just talked about Michigan State, Michigan. So, yeah, I think that everything about that for now is pretty fair because no one else really has reason to complain or bitch about where they are because your resume is not that good compared to the people you're surrounding yourself with. So for now, I think everything is pretty fair, Chris, just because, yes, no one has is really standing up besides Georgia, who who should for sure be number one. And barring a massive so disaster is pretty much locked in. Because if they lose to Bam in the SEC title game, no big deal. Right. That was your one loss of the year. You're still in yeah. it. Even if they lost, well, let me quickly, quickly look. Uh, Georgia, for the remaining schedule they have, um, they're going to Tennessee. That should be a win. They're playing CHSO. Oh, well, wait, there's 105,000 people in that stadium, though. What are you talking about? It's the most intense stadium in the nation. That was for Lane Kiffin. They 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 got up okay, for Lane okay. Kiffin. Okay. Uh, so uh, Georgia walks into Tennessee. It will be a very loud stadium. I agree. Then, oh good God, um, Georgia Tech. Just so you know, uh, no, but in between that, Georgia plays the Charles Su- Charleston Southern Buccaneers. <laughs> yeah, but that's because they put that stuff at the end. Their their bullshit game at the end. They started I, with I Clemson. Just, I'm I'm just laughing because I've never heard that school in my whole life. That's all. They started and, with. To be fair though, they started with a oh, road game at Clemson. Oh oh no. That's I, why I'm, I'm just there. Like, oh sure. I'm just amazed. I've never. I've literally. I've a been club. a sports fan my whole life. Good club. Uh, the Charleston Southern Buccaneers. And you always love to drop on me the ESPN uh, <laughs> yeah. matchup uh, FPI index. Georgia, ninety-nine point nine percent chance to win. That's a legitimate – hey, they got a point one, dude. That's not bad. Theoretically, you have to make it a point one because of statistical ways of things that are happening in life. But, yes, they finished <laughs> George Tech. So, George, George is going to be in – George is in the dance, and their three fellow dance mates will be very interesting to see, Chris. What was what were your observations so far as we looked at the uh, playoff? Which, again, this should probably be the most fun and debatable playoff prediction we've had so far out of all the years they've been doing this, because you don't have the guaranteed, well, Clemson, Bam are in, who else is going to join the party? Yeah, it might be that way, but it might be clear as day, too, by the time we get there, um, because you can also look at that Baylor-TCU stuff down the stretch of that year in the first year of this, I think. So, um, But, you know, since everybody's just freaking out about Cincinnati, like I said, I thought that they should have been – I thought they could have been ranked higher. Higher than six last week. That's fine. I thought they could have been higher than seventh or whatever. They they dropped, dropped down. I think they could have been higher last year. I don't know if they should have made it in. I don't believe so. But, but I get it. But a lot of this is just a little over the top. Because here we are saying, oh, my God, oh, my God, they're getting screwed. And they're ranked the highest they've ever been ranked when it comes to this stuff. So now they're up at five. Now, the problem is they're probably only going to – as long as Houston keeps winning, they're probably only going to have one ranked team uh, to, to, to play because SMU lost again, so they're not going to be ranked. Um, and the way – like the Michigan-Michigan State, what this tells me is they think Michigan losing on the road the way they did at Michigan State means more than losing a little more handedly, I guess, on the road at Purdue. That right now that supersedes because Mich and also Michigan had a lead and how the you know they do go off of how the game went and if you got a little lucky to win the game 
you know, then you get you get lucky, you win it. So if they close this season, you know, clearly Michigan's if they both win out, Michigan State's going to be ranked above them. I do believe that fully. But their point is, and I'm I'm not saying it's right or wrong. Their point is that an at Purdue uh, loss is a little lesser or a little worse, I guess you could say, than at Michigan State. That That's to clarify that, I guess, right? I mean, that's what they're telling us anyway. Um, Oklahoma, that does surprise me, though. I'll say that. I will say that. That shocks me that they're at 8 at 9-0. and 0. I'm not saying they shouldn't be there. I'm just saying what surprises me, that surprises me. We talked about this before, and I heard this in places too, and there's that Las Vegas show. They were talking about Notre Dame. And how if Notre Dame wins out, they'll pass Cincinnati. And I think that's ridiculous. I think that's hyperbole. I think that's conspiracy factor because they don't have a ranked team to even play. And look at the teams in front of them anyway that they got a hopscotch. So I don't think that's going to happen. Oklahoma State sitting at 10, you know, still has a chance to kind of do their thing, no doubt about it. Baylor was in that scenario until they, you know, lost – so Baylor loses on the road at TCU. They only go down one one spot. And they have two losses. That kind of makes me go, really? Okay. Sure, I guess. <laughs> it's kind of weird. I am glad that uh, S- San Antonio got in there. Utah had a nice win, so they're in there. Arkansas snuck in there. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I can't really the, – the Wisconsin 5-3 and three and now 6-3 and three did throw people off where they ranked them. I thought Mississippi State was – well, they were ranked higher, so I would have put Wisconsin up higher than Mississippi State. But I didn't have a problem with that because of their strength of schedule, and they just – they all their losses are against ranked teams, and then they – and we saw how close those games were and what, what happened in those games to lose them. But also they just beat two ranked teams. So I, I didn't have as much a problem – as has having Wisconsin in there. Any other items before we go to uh, good old week 11? Um, I will say the, the reason I, I, I brought to you before our show about how Cincinnati, I think they could get screwed is because there's the amount of money coming in on them to miss it. Um, I believe like MGM Sportsbook, which obviously is now across the country, not just Vegas. Um, they're making lines for all these teams that you can bet – if the team makes a playoff or misses and the money on Cincinnati to miss is like flooding in the market. So it makes me think, okay, like people who understand the game more than me are like saying, no matter what the committee doesn't want Cincinnati in, which is probably true. The committee probably doesn't want Cincinnati in, but as we just detailed with a lot of the top main teams playing each other still left in this year. And the fact that they probably could have a lot of multiple losses would the committee ever put in a two-loss team from a Power 5 conference against an undefeated Cincinnati team who have done their job? I think that that drama would play out, but it is surprised me. I think you made great notes, Chris, that Cincinnati is sitting okay because they're around a bunch of people who have to play each other. Cincinnati doesn't. They have to play some teams in their conference who are okay, but they're not going to face the fear of the other teams. So I just the money's throwing me off. So we'll see how that plays out. But uh, that's my last part, and again, this will get more dramatic and fun as we go down. Because I think George is in. The other three are going to be a fun, fun debate. Hopefully, which and none of my teams are in, so that's just something we can enjoy on our podcast. If this was uh, USC involved, I'd be having emotional rants one way or the other. 
Right. And it really, the, the only reason why I bring it up, because I did hear it discussed a bunch too, and also because of the head-to-head thing, you know, yeah. uh, technically the, 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 that's another head-to-head that Cincinnati's above them, you know, technically right mm-hmm. now. So now sure. once they get, you know, if Cincinnati gets another loss, well, then that's going to be probably the issue because that's going to be a worse loss, more likely. You know, it's yeah. not to say who they lost, lose to, but just kind of giving the mentality of it. But the head-to-head, I, I just don't see Notre Dame jumping up that high because of all these other opportunities, Oklahoma, all these other teams, they got to play each other. Well, someone's going to come out of there. So it doesn't mean I think Cincinnati's going to make it in the top four. I just don't think Notre Dame's going to pass them if they're undefeated. That's that's basically what it comes down to that. All that's right. fair, brother. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but like I said, I'll be the first one to, you know, say that I was completely wrong if that goes – you know, sideways, which it's capable of doing, no doubt about it. I just think some of the stuff is a little hyperbole to where they add all this extra stuff. And you're like, dude, it's not that bad. Because there's plenty of people that didn't think Cincinnati should have been in the top four. They just thought they should be ranked, you know what I mean, higher than they were last year. So, And look at how they played. They played pretty damn good against Georgia in that bowl game, too. Mm -hmm. They had a lead. They probably should have lost that game, but they played good. Um, okay, Oklahoma, speaking of, sitting at 8, 8, 9 and 0, Oklahoma name brand, 5.5 point favorite on the road at Baylor, who just, you know, had been in a bunch of tight games um, and managed to get the dub. They got a nice win um, on BYU. Uh, Oklahoma State, they ended, you know, they did lose, but West Virginia kind of came in there kind of strong and look pretty good. Um, but, you know, going into it, they only had lost to uh, Oklahoma State. Now they now they back-to-back loss. And so it's tough to, like, obviously some of that TCU stuff that you said plays into it. Clearly they were also looking ahead probably too. Um, what says you about this matchup? Um, because, you know, it Oklahoma has been – a different squad with a different quarterback now. Um, and, and can we judge them a little different beyond just scraping by getting W's? I honestly don't know. Um, just looking from Oklahoma's resume, I mean, okay, you you had a Nebraska game, you beat them 23-16, to 16 in a game where Nebraska special teams were absolute trash. West Virginia, you won by three at home the following week. You beat K-State by six. You beat a Texas team who's getting worse and worse and worse. You beat TCU. That was probably for the coach. They're having a, a, a tough year. Okay, that you won 52-31. Okay, cool. Um, you needed your freshman quarterback to make a heads-up I'm going to take the ball from my running back play to ice the game or else KU could have come back and won. That's an awful embarrassing win. And that would have been you beat Texas, dude. And you beat Texas Tech, who just fired their coach. So you in your last three games, you've beat a school who just fired their coach, one who was going to in the future, and you beat a Kansas school who's not known for two shits about football. So – could they beat Baylor? Sure. Like Oklahoma's, I mean, I'll, I'll trust Lincoln Riley in a game to have a pretty good offensive game plan. 
And I do think that the young quarterback is better than Spencer Rattler. But it's really hard to say that Oklahoma would ever win more than a touchdown because unless you're playing a team that you're going to get a coach fired on, they've not won a game by like double digits against anyone impressive for the whole season. So the that probably goes to show why they are where they are in the uh, um, uh, playoff power rankings or the playoff um, predictor thing. Uh, but if we're Bay, okay, if we're talking about Baylor, who again is obviously a team who's probably out of the Final Four situation, but they're still having a hell of a year. They rank 13th. Um, you beat West Virginia better than Oklahoma did. You beat BYU, who's a respectable team. You beat Texas by seven, and you just lost TCU in a tough spot. So. I really honestly, Chris, and they beat Iowa State. I think these are about two really comparable teams. And it's just, we don't, I feel we don't know quite as much about Baylor just because they maybe don't get the hype or we don't see them quite on ESPN as much. But I'm going to take, God damn. I'm going to take think winnings better than losing twice, but I hear you. Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, agreed. 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 Um, I'm going to take Oklahoma to win. I just think that it's going to be a one-score game because Oklahoma has not blown out anyone this whole year in, that was an impressive opponent. And I think Baylor has shown for the most part this year they have a pretty good defense. Their offense is going. Their offense has had their issues, uh, but I'll take Oklahoma to win in one-score games because I think that's the team they are. Um, but if you're looking at things in a optimistic way for an Oklahoma fan. And yes, okay, you're at eight now, but you probably have as good of a chance to creep up the um, playoff rankings as any team in the country does simply due to the fact that you're about to have a gauntlet of a schedule. Oklahoma plays Baylor, who's 12th, or sorry, 13th, depending on which, what are you looking at, 13th. Then you play Iowa State, who is unranked, but is back on track this year. Then you go to your arch rival for Bedlam in Oklahoma State. And if you win those three games, now you have two ranked wins in the top 15 and a quality opponent, Iowa state. And you're going to replay one of them in the, in the uh, big 12 title game. Um, Oklahoma really does control their own destiny. Again, I don't think this team is good enough to win all three in a row in the regular season and finish on a good note, but the potential is there, Chris, it's there, but it's just, they've not shown glimpses of the regular team. Uh, Lincoln Riley has, and has had in the past handful of years. And they did have a buy. So I think that plays into it a little bit too. get a little rest, map out some stuff. Maybe they can get an early lead. I got Oklahoma winning on the road against a Baylor team. That's going to go down the back to back probably here. All right. Number four, Ohio state and number 19 Purdue. It's a 20 and a half point spread. The over under 62. Both of them actually have decent defenses. Um, on paper, <laughs> it's kind of crazy to think, but on paper, Ohio State puts up 20 more points than them a game. Now, Purdue's played tougher teams, um, you know, so that has to play into those statistics, of course. And they cannot run the ball. I mean, they average 77 yards per game, but they also average 332 through the air. Problem is, Ohio State averages 352. Um, what, what's, you know, are we just looking at this spread? You're not going to call Purdue on this one, are you? Or are you going to say Purdue with the spread? Because 20 points, it does. Vegas, man, they've done this a couple times this year, and we've kind of tracked it. 
and you're looking at it going, man, that's a mighty attractive 20 and a half points. I think you got a, a bet Ohio State or stay away. Um, Purdue, their last two out of four games have been massive upset wins. And now you're playing possibly your best opponent um, of the year at this point. I, I just I, I think you're asking for too much, even touching that spread. I, I think I, I don't think they have a chance. I mean, obviously you have a chance, but um, I think that just with how their last couple weeks have been and just the highs and lows of emotions. Right. I mean, you got them for Iowa. You smoked them. You got them for down. Sparty. You won that game. Like now you got to go to Ohio State and play a team who's probably playing the best football in your conference. Like. Damn, that's a lot to ask. Just just looking at a just perspective of schedules and the kids and the emotions of it. I think it's bet Ohio State or stay away 100%. I'm sure people will take Purdue because 20 is a lot. Right. But would it surprise you if Ohio State won by 20, 28 points? No. Like, and that it's just that's a super tough spot for Purdue. You you got to celebrate last week. You, hell, yeah. You beat two of the you beat the number two and three ranked team within a month period. That's that's effing awesome. So now you got to play a team who's again really good. Like, eh, no, I and that's not even a bad loss. That's just a lot of highs, lows, and emotions. So I it, personally, I'd say bet Ohio State or stay away. And and Wisconsin beat them thirty to thirteen too. So if they can put up that many points. There's a good chance sure. Ohio State get I, I think that's yes. a good way to put it. But bet Ohio State or stay away because that 20 and a half is so tempting at Vegas. Just gets you. They're like, did you see him last week, dude? You know, I mean, they put up a butt, dude. Are you serious? He threw for 536 yards and then they get beat. Um, all right, let's double these up. Texas A&M, number 11. We've been talking about them a lot. And unfortunately, we've been talking about this other team a lot this year. Number 15, old Miss. Um, A&M, a two-and-a-half-point favorite on the road. Vaughn Hemming, what is it, Hemingway Stadium? They're going to be bumping. They're going to be jumping. Um, it's been a little while since Old Miss has beat a ranked team. They beat Arkansas at the beginning of October. They lost to Auburn. Um what do you think here? I mean, A&M's coming off a nice win over Auburn. You think they can keep it going to A&M? They, they obviously don't get mad when I say this, but they have the better coach in Jimbo Fisher. Okay. Um, I don't care what you said or what, how many hands get raised or anything like that. They got the better coach. So what do you think here, man? I mean, think your squad old Miss can uh, pull this one out. It's not like, AM is this offensive juggernaut. They don't even average 30 points a game, but they have a better defense. No comment on the better coach. Um, moving on. Uh, well, it's a proof. I, There's proof of it. Well, one, got a nat- talking about, one got a natty and one doesn't. Okay, but for pure for true offensive knowledge, Kiffin's got to beat their overall head coach. Sure, I'll give it to Jimbo, yeah. Yeah, because Jimbo um, Fisher's offense in the past has just always sucked. He never had any skill players, you know. Uh, Kiff, Kiffin's got a better mind, in my opinion. Um, so if Jimbo goes to Alabama, you think that offense is going to be pretty good or no? <laughs> yeah, I, I, don't think, I don't think him and Saban could work together as well. Uh, That's for sure. And then who I beats would, him? Who beats him as the tree? The, oh, wait, we're not going to get into I'm sorry. That was a low blow. <laughs> um, 
I, I think that speaking of my boys, Kiffin, um, I think the big issue for them lately has been their, their wide receiver and core has been really beat up. And yes, Ole Miss has actually been a good team around the ball this year, but they've not had the healthy weapons we saw at the start of the year when Corral was literally leading the Heisman race, was chucking the ball and running the ball almost effortlessly. And for the last handful of games, they've been playing like good football, but you're, the weapons that Corral has been used to have been injured and banged up, and the offense has become more one-dimensional. So Kiffin's high-flying offense of and running has now become just more running. And I'll give credit to Corral. The guy plays like a, a damn running back when he's a quarterback. He's going to beat up. So I think it's going to be hard for them to – now play a team who probably has the best interior they've faced all year. And it's a tough spot. So you got to hope if you're Ole Miss that your wide receiving core is a little bit healthier again, because you're going to struggle really hard to run the ball against A&M. Uh, so I'm going to, I'm, I'm, I'll never pick against Kiffin. So I'm going to take Kiffin and Ole Miss to win, but uh, that's the heart talking. If we're talking X's and O's, um, you're in the battle of the trenches. I think you got to favor A&M. Now, obviously, Ole Miss has a much better quarterback and a playmaker. A&M's got a better line of scrimmage and defense. So I hope my boys get it done. It's at home, but uh, I, I'm, I'm picking Ole Miss. I would not touch the game from a gambling perspective. And I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Aggies. I'm gonna go with like you said, the line of scrimmage, and uh, just think that they're going to slow them down enough so they can't operate in much like, uh, I mean, obviously old miss is way more explosive, but that idea of, you know, their, their weapons, they haven't had their weapons. And I know just from watching the Gophers not having their number one, and then the rest of them been in and out of the lineup too. It just, it, it, it's tough. It's very tough. So I am going to go with, uh, well, it wouldn't be an upset because they are the favorite on the road, but I'm going the Aggies. Then we have another rank versus rank 12 versus 16. Wake Forest was unbeaten. They got beat. We talked about that game, a crazy game, 55 to 52. And NC State kind of sneaking out a good year. Um, I'm actually going to go NC State on this one. Wake Forest has a damn good offense. Um, You know, Hartman has just been putting up numbers. But, you know, Leary has 25 uh, touchdowns and, and, and three picks and, just a couple hundred yards, you know, uh, less. So he, he, they've been doing some damage on that side. Also, they've, uh, I wouldn't sit there and say they played a much tougher schedule. Um, but when you look at Wake Forest, there's Old Dominion. Um, you know, there's really, they didn't have a, they still don't have a ranked win. So, and I'm not saying NC State, you know, oh, dude, their resume is awesome because they beat Clemson. You know what I mean? I'm not saying that either. They just lost to Miami, but I'm going to go NC state um, on this one, uh, which is just a very minor upset. It's only one and a half and wakes at home. And I will join you on that. I will take the wolf pack, or as I say, quarterback you, because they had uh, my guy, Philip rivers and Russell Wilson. So yeah, I will take NC state to win. Um, Wake just had their season kind of get a little bit deflated from having a, a backdoor chance to making the college football playoff um, by losing in that massive shootout to the Tar Heels. And I don't know. I just, I, I think these are pretty two evenly matched teams, but I think again, if you look at resumes and just kind of more quality wins, 
I think NC State's just a slightly better team, which shows why the point spread is minus one and a half, okay, for a team that only gets three at home. Um, one of the kickers I've heard the last couple of weeks is the fact that Michigan State's stud running back Naylor, who was, you know, in Heisman contender talks, was a Wake Forest running back. So if he not transfer portaled over to Sparty, could you imagine this Wake Forest team with a running back who's made himself a Heisman candidate in Michigan State playing for Wake Forest? They'd probably throw undefeated and they'd probably have a little more hype. That would have been a really fun story to see just because, you know, it's it's Wake Forest. That's the school we're used to hearing basketball about. So if Naylor, if they'd convince him to stay, this Wake Forest offense could be really, really damn good. Unfortunately, that didn't happen for them, though. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that running back's going to stop them from putting 55 points on them, though. Uh, but, yeah, that is a oh, good point. No. Well, that is kind of interesting. Yeah. That is a very interesting point. Then there's just those games flying under the radar that you wonder, hmm, Nevada, San Diego State. San Diego State's ranked again at 22. They're only a three-point favorite at home. That's the latest game, 930. Um, That's kind of interesting. All of a sudden, things get interesting because it's a road game at LSU, Arkansas, two-and-a-half-point favorite. But as we know, good week, bad week, is that what we're going to go with? Because, you know, I'm not sure that they're – could be some action that pops off there. Uh, Mississippi State, Auburn, good game. I like Auburn at home, but that, that, you know, Mississippi State might jump back on them. Then here's a really big one. Michigan, number six in the country, above the team that just beat them um, in Michigan State, traveling to Penn State, Happy Valley. They're only a one and a half point favorite. That could be a big or an upset there, not a big upset, but I wonder what's going to happen there. Uh, yeah. um, well, That's a good I, game. It, it is, it is. And honestly, you know, shit, I, I'm a little speechless on this one just because, as I said, the Big Ten, all those teams who are kind of, kind of fighting and contending for that um, top few spots are all going to have to play and battle each other out. Um, if I had to pick a winner in this game, I got you got to take. I think just from how Harbaugh has performed for the last several handful of years, I think you guys take this Penn State team just in the situation that's in. It's a big game for Michigan that are on the road. Penn State, for the most part this year, I know their win-loss record doesn't look great, but they've played a really hard schedule. And I, I'm by no means do I like Penn State's coach. I think Franklin's an absolute pile of trash, but I would take him to win this game at home. This is kind of one of those games that Penn State just gets up for. Um, they had the stinker against Illinois, but I just you got to prove me wrong, Harbaugh. Like you've this; these are games you lose. You were up 16 on your rival Sparty, and you blew the game. Now you got to go yeah. to travel on the road again and play a really tough opponent. I, these are just games that Michigan has not won for the past seven years. So I would easily take Penn State with the points, assuming um, Clifford is healthy. I think he is, but if there was any glimpses, the fact that Penn State's quarterback Clifford, who has been beat up, isn't healthy, then I could look at Michigan for sure. So I guess check the status of the Penn State quarterback, who is probably going to play, but if he's, you know, 50%, you know, what kind of effort we're going to get out of him, that's a whole different scenario. Yeah, it's a good call. I'm going Michigan. I think that the the differential of run, 234 to 106, 
I think that they're just going to find a way to sneak the game out. Might be a kick at the end. I don't know if they got a good kicker. But I wouldn't say that these are actually the games that they lose, to be honest. I think it's actually the games that, you know, really, really, really count. You know, like two undefeated teams going head-to-head, right? And they just lost. Or that Michigan State where they blocked the punt, scooped, and scored. Or the Ohio State where did he get the first down or not? I don't know, but they're going to lose, you know? So I think it's like in the big moment that's where he's faltered whereas they'll come out and look real good against other teams you know I mean they, they smacked Wisconsin around in the second half so I like that game a lot though that is going to be interesting that's at right at 11 so I got Michigan in that one I'm hoping my Minnesota squad in this weird year where there's you know it's all tied up three teams have two losses in the big um, Big Ten West and just how this year is in general the Big Ten West is kind of playing out like the ACC Coastal this year. It's still on the table. That's the crazy thing about Minnesota is they they still have they have Iowa and they have Wisconsin still on there. So they if they just beat those two, they're in it. And in this weird year, maybe they only beat one of them, and then some, you know Wisconsin stumbles. But it seems like Wisconsin has their shit together now. So um, unfortunately, I'm gonna go. You know, we haven't won in Iowa since 1999 and they hadn't beat them in general since 2014 in a random ass whooping where the tight end was getting just a, a bunch of immaculate receptions in the red zone. Um, just a butt whooping. Other than that, I'm going to unfortunately have to go. Hopefully I'm picking against my squad for a reason, but I, I like Iowa to get that dub. Any other items that you want to cover before we get to the crafty, crappy pick of the week which you know we got off the schneid the road team got off the schneid we're six and four when it comes to that category hell well as i've been giving out a a pick every week like a gambling pick which we i've been doing pretty good on this year and it feels nice to be ahead on bills as i'm sure you know chris um my this is not a five star like bang the drum purdue upset win but or lock win but i do like uh taking arizona state um, minus five at Washington, uh, Washington, there's rumors of them firing their coach, uh, like soon. Um, right. the team has kind of become a mess playing two uh, different quarterbacks. Have, yeah. And the court, the coach is just apparently just not well liked by media members, by the players. The team's in a, just not a good situation. And if you're Arizona State, you're still trying to win your division and go for, like, uh, you know, contending for the Pac-12. Like, so you have a team who, with Herm Edwards, who has a pretty good coach and a pretty damn good team. Um, Arizona State did have a, a massive hiccup of a game a couple weeks ago against um, Washington State, which, I mean, you, you start off, you have, like, four turnovers in the first half. That's pretty bad. But – Arizona State came back last week. They beat USC. Maybe got their track on, got back on track. But yeah, my pick of the week is take Arizona State minus the five and a half at Washington, just due to one team is still contending for a Pac-12 title, and the other team is considering finding their coach and has had a very, very rough year for a team that was getting a ton of preseason hype. That has turned to be a massive. Uh, just bad season for uh, Washington. And the first and hopefully the last knock on wood 
postponement of a COVID postponement, California and USC this week. So, man, remember last year when every week we'd be like, all right, well, there's only four this week. And then all of a sudden by the end of the week, it'd be like eight. And, oh, man, that was sure. That was a rough one. So it's it's nice that we got all the way till November 10th, really, without having a postponement. So and it's not even completely done yet. They still might play. All right, let's get back on the horse like we did last week. Six and four on the year. The crafty, <laughs> crappy pick of the week, sir. <laughs> uh, I got a school that in our nine years we've been doing this segment, I don't think they've, this is their initial appearance. Okay. <laughs> I love this. Uh, <laughs> so just, just to F with you. Um, the... Uh, Dear God, the Massachusetts Minutemen, who are not, you know, strangers to this, are playing the Maine Black Bears. Um, this game is at 12 o'clock Eastern. I was going to say, can I get a time? Because I can't I gotta see this thing. 12, 12 o'clock Eastern, November 13th. Um, UMass is 1-8. and eight. Maine is shown as 0-1 on the year. Um, UMass is a one-point dog. Over under a 59, um, this this is definitely a garbage game of the year because it's been a pretty good debate for the last handful of years of who is the worst team in college football. And you can go back between UMass and Connecticut um, and Akron, but UMass is playing Maine. Um, it is a one-point spread. Uh, take it away, brother, in this beautiful matchup in a weekend in November. So I don't have the spread. When you said one in hmm, interesting. Because I got Maine at, at four and five. Oh, okay. Well maybe maybe this uh, the 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 uh, article I was looking at was just um maybe they're all in one in like D one games. Cause I, Maine's like an FCS school. Right, right. That's probably why So that's okay. how bad UMass is, is the fact that they're a one point dog to a school that essentially is in a league below them. <laughs> this is tough, too, because I don't have any of the – there's no stats. There's no stats at all uh, because oh, yeah. they're in that other league. So oh, I have no – I'm, I'm kind of going a little blind here. Um, let me just look at what they have as far as – I do have who they've played at least. So I just don't I – do I do have a backup plan if you want that would be an easier game to do. Well, no, that's fine. I mean, it is. Oh, what it okay, is. okay. Uh, I just sure. can't do all the stuff I like to break down, you know, because it's it doesn't exist. Um, this is weird because you know, going off of uh, what you normally do, clearly, you know, you, UMass is going to uh, have played the harder teams. Um, they put up twenty-eight. God, UConn is falling so far. <laughs> that they that's that's they've lost that's their one win is UConn. <laughs> Jesus, twenty-seven to thirty. Now that is bad. My goodness gracious, Liberty just put up a bunch of points on them. Boy, this one's tough. According to uh, ESPN's Power Football Index, fifty-three point six. They go with this main squad that has just been running <laughs> through whatever division they're in. FCS. Um, well, I mean, right, right division or conference. Oh, got you. Sure. Um, I don't, I don't know the conference. 
Um, yeah, God, this one's tough, man. I really wish I knew what they did on offense or defense. Um, God, this is this makes it tougher, not just because you can't see the stats, but do I pick a, another road team back to back after nine straight home teams? Man, you really are trying to make it tough on us this year. Um. Warren McGurk Al- Alumni Stadium. $19 to get in? Oh, that's that's right, because that's in that area where there's rich people's uh, kids go to school. So, that okay, that makes more sense. Um, Dude, this one's tough, man. Ah, God, I wish I could see what they do well, run or pass or whatever. Um, go the alumni real quick. Let me think about it. I gotta see. Okay, sounds good. Yes. All right. So for the main famous alumni, um, it is a little bit of uh, political. Obviously, as you would assume, there's not a whole lot of uh, superstars uh, famous <laughs> alumni um, from Maine. Um, you have uh, George Bush, uh, Percival Baxter, James Blaine. You have a bunch of people who literally have no connection to sports whatsoever. Um, it, it, it is a pretty brutal list that it, it deals with people who have a slight military background of, oh, there's a lot of good authors. Uh, there's a guy named Biff Elliott, who's a sportscaster. Biff. Um, you know, Biff got to give it to Biff. Uh, and when you're mentioning people just from the classic, okay. Uh, Stephen King, Stephen wow. King. Okay. Great Imagine author. Stop it right there. And uh, Nick DiApollo, who I, I, I know is a comedian. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that that's that's Maine. Maine does not exactly have what you would consider a beautiful list of alumni. Uh, I mean, Stephen King is tough to mess with, though. Well, Stephen, true. OK, now there is OK, there is there is uh, Ben Bishop was a Tampa Bay Lightning goalie who is a good goalie in the NHL. Uh, this I didn't know. Rick Carlisle, who is one of the best NBA coaches of all time, uh, who actually the Mavs just recently fired, he was at Maine, then transferred to the University of Virginia. So they're, they're claiming him, Chris. They're claiming him. And uh, Jack Capuana, who is a gritty blue-collar NHL coach, who uh, was the coach of the New York Islanders, went there. Okay, so their coaching tree is actually not that bad. You have a couple of very respected coaches and a couple of players that have a tie to hockey. Um, you're in it, uh, Jimmy Howard, NHL goalie for the Red Wings. So there, it is a hockey school. Also, Paul Korea, the former okay, famous. Okay, 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 okay. Let's right, get to the other right. one. Jesus Christ! How, right, many, so, how many times are we gonna go low? Well, Jesus Christ! <laughs> you, you wanted me to find some alumni. Steve for, King. For I said so. let's stop it at Stephen King. <laughs> you're up there well, naming 14, 17 guys. <laughs> Jesus. Okay, uh, go ahead. For for you, Matt. <laughs> you got. Richard Gere, uh, Julius Irving, Rick Pitino. Obviously, that's where he started his uh, great run as uh, becoming a coach. Uh, Brianna Scurry, um, Victor Cruz in the salsa dancing. We have talked about UMass this year. My boy, Chaz Williams, who was the stud uh, point guard uh, at UMass, um, uh, which took him to like three NITs. I love that guy. He's like five foot four and just a stud. Uh, Marcus Camby. I was going to say, where's um, the Cam? Camby. Yeah, you got to talk about Camby. 
Um, Jonathan Quick, if we're talking about NHL goalies, he's a good goalie. And he went to Maine, so we have a little bit of a goalie alumni battle here. Um, and that pretty much wraps it up for uh, UMass. A guy UMass. named Taj Mahal went to UMass, but I, I don't see – I don't think the that billions that the timelines don't quite tie together. There. I mean, the um, Taj Mahal is a very famous thing anyway. It uh, is, but I would find yeah. it hard. I don't think the guy, I don't think they named it after a guy that went to UMass. That's a very unique name. Uh, nonetheless, I mean, how after, couldn't they? <laughs> I mean, wouldn't that have to line up? You can't be Taj Mahal and then there's a Taj Mahal. Well, I suppose maybe your parents just love the place and they said, hey, our last name is, yeah, yeah I think it's the guy. I don't know. But either way, uh, Let's so let's wrap it up. We're at a one twenty right now. Hour uh, twenty yeah, minutes. I'm, I'm giving the, I'm giving the battle to Maine for the coaches and the author. What? Wow. Okay. Yeah. Julius Going Irving. Maine. Julius Irving, one of the best players of all time. Okay. Um. And you know what? I'm gonna go with the snooty Amherst crowd. Okay. Amherst, Mass. Um. I'm going. The, the freaking the rich kids place. I'm going with Maine to to back God. Back, I don't know what the hell they do good, but what I do know is back to back. God, what am I doing this? You can hear it in my voice. I'm gonna go Maine on the road to get the job done. Go to Amherst. Oh wait, wait. yeah, go yeah, go go to Amherst and beat those rich kids out of their. They're going to take the, the ball and go home. So I got Maine very blindly. But make sure you check next time so we can have the offense and defense a little bit in there. We'll do. We'll do. We'll do. All right. So on that note, uh, we have our first ever FCS pick. It truly is the worst game of the week. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that, that just doesn't though. sound good, does it? <laughs> it's just. I hope the audience <laughs> can just hear that come off the tongue. It's, that looks <laughs> – my pick, I'm not too comfortable. <laughs> On that note, we appreciate the love and support. We love all of our listeners. We like you guys are for all of the follows. Um, and, hey, like I said, we got a lot of good football to talk about here soon because the playoff picture, I think, has potential to be a huge mess this year, which is fun drama to talk about. So until then, uh, stay safe. Enjoy, enjoy your uh, soon-to-be Thanksgiving fun with your family this month. And the boys are out tonight. We'll be back next week with more football to talk about. Peace.